Tall Ships America, and you're listening to a bark, a break, and a screener walking to a bar, a podcast where you get to know the people in our Tall Ships community. This week, we have Captain Chris Chafe, Executive Director at Tall Ship Expedition Canada, and a captain with St. Lawrence too. We talk about cool old yacht clubs, the surprisingly enjoyable transit of the Erie Canal, and the immense satisfaction of working with kids on a small brigantine. Chris, welcome. Well, Captain uh, Chris, got it. <laughs> are you all set now? I'm all set. I got it. Yeah. So we're good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Captain Chris Chafe, thank you so much for being here on the pod. I uh, actually, I don't know why I said that. That's nice. <laughs> like, we're on the no pod. It's fine. The we're pod. on the pod. That's fine. We can I'm do it. nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds cool, right? I, uh, I'd like to think so. It did in my head, and then I said it out loud, and I was like, oh, man. I was like, now, now oh, I'm wow. nervous. I know. It's ridiculous. So but I do want to thank you so much for being here. I know that uh, St. Lawrence is currently uh, in the yard or in the, uh, yeah, in the yard. So I appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to come and talk yeah, to no me. Worries. So welcome. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, I think this will be our, and maybe you said it, like the first substantive conversation about not tall ship events we've ever had possibly i you know? was just Could thinking be. the same thing i was like are we actually getting to know each other because we always ever see each other in like a work situation <laughs> and it's always talking shop <laughs> yeah but i'm looking forward to it and i if i could be totally transparent with you i did do a little like googling just to kind of get some background on you and you are an enigma on the internet oh really there is not a lot of information about chris chain on the internet <laughs> and i don't know if that really if that's a relief to you or but mm. i i was really trying to dig around because i was like oh i need to know a little bit more about you i don't know anything about you i don't know where you're yeah. from except like canada so yeah, and canada. I, there was yeah. nothing <laughs> and there is there's nothing on the interwebs so well done huh. yeah well Really, you didn't come across me or any of the other Chris Chafes. There's a there's a bunch of us, you know. There are a bunch of you, but I wasn't looking yeah. for them. I was looking for you. I don't <laughs> care about them. <laughs> That's like... way more interesting. So <laughs> to just take some some of their bios and just mesh it together. <laughs> just mesh it together. Make me, exactly. Yeah, I sound pretty good then. But okay, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought. I mean, every once in a while, I do it just to see what's out there. Probably like once every two years. But it's all about boats. It's all boat stuff. It is. Yeah, you're, yeah you've are you done so... a very good job of hiding your true nature. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the alter ego. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't know the you don't know the other name. That's it. Like it's I, you know, I the aliases so. <laughs> are Yeah. I was like, but... well, 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 this podcast just got a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> well, tell geez. me tell me. Tell me who you are and oh what God. organization you're representing, and how about we start there, and then we'll and then we'll backtrack. Yeah, that. yeah. So I, I yeah I work for Tallship Expeditions Canada, Brigantine Incorporated. It's the name of the charitable entity. And your ship. Yeah. The oh yeah, that's important. <laughs> um, yeah. So we operate the sail training vessel St. Lawrence Two which is uh, 60, how old is it, 66, 67-year-old brigantine. It was built in Kingston, so it was designed in Kingston and built in Kingston, and it sails out of Kingston. A lot of Kingston happening uh, <laughs> there. 
it was built at Kingston Shipyards. Okay, um, all right. Did you want the background of the boat? I can give you the background. I'd love you, the background you want to know? of the boat. I can give yeah. you, I mean, yeah. you, you may know yeah, it, but anyway. I don't, assume, Chris, I know nothing. Okay, all right, I will, I will, <laughs> I'll assume that. You're just talking to so, you're talking to a wider audience, so. Oh, it's true, it's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you may exactly. know, who knows? I assume everybody knows, so I just don't tell them. <laughs> Maybe that's like really poor decision. Um, <laughs> so the idea was conceived like late 40s, really early 1950s, that they needed a sail training boat to operate out of Kingston that would be attached to the uh, the Sea Cadet Corps. And the concept is that they wanted something to run like outdoor adventure and recreation programs on, sort of a, a Kurt Hahn-inspired model. Mm, yeah. The person who designed the boat, his name is Francis McLaughlin. He passed away last year at 90, oh goodness, late 90s i okay. for some reason can't remember exactly That's but okay. yeah That's all right. uh, he was <laughs> man that guy he just kept going um, was he still involved yeah. with the ship he would come down and like make a bunch of jokes about how old he was uh <laughs> tell us we were doing a good job no matter if we were doing a good job or not but it was always <laughs> every couple of weeks he'd just stop by and check in on us so he was he was still pretty involved awesome fantastic person mm-hmm. so he in uh goodness this would be mid 40s maybe he uh was at a sea cadet camp in uh perry sound ontario john georgian bay um yeah and it had the uh the hmcs oriole was there so Mm -hmm. you may know the oriole the Mm -hmm. the the, uh royal canadian navy's you know yacht so it was there and he was just super jazzed about this like yes, I'm going to go sailing on this Navy yacht. It's going to be mm-hmm. awesome. We're going to have some times. But then he found out that only officers were allowed to sail. So he wasn't right. allowed to, which, you know, he didn't take all that kindly to. He, he was <laughs> not very happy about that. So that was one of like the first things that got him motivated mm-hmm. to develop a sail training vessel for the Corps was that there wasn't anything and he wasn't allowed to sail on the Orioles he may as well just build his own boat right like sure yeah uh (laughs) rational and measured response anyway (laughs) so they got talking about it and uh the first thing they tried to do was salvage a schooner off of a beach in New Brunswick so they took the train out to New Brunswick the boat was just not salvageable this was like a maybe a 60 foot you know two masted i guess probably like a fishing or a coastal schooner or some sure. sort of relic of a for, foregone time in uh in new brunswick but uh like, perfect yeah let's <laughs> yeah. kids on board but, you know i think they were like they went out there thinking that this would be like a solution yeah uh looked at it and we're like oh oh boy yeah you know but you always get that i don't know i, I don't know if, if you're like this but i am very like this you know, I get these romanticized ideas about about boats and being able to fix them and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. I basically think that like there's nothing that's too far gone, which is not true, but that's just <laughs> how I approach things. This is how I have such a collection of like awful derelict pieces of garbage 
in my yard that are just slowly rotting into the ground i just can't give up on it but uh Which, so i know what they're uh, thinking right as an executive director of a nonprofit, i think that is actually a pretty good attitude no, to no. that's right uh i mean nothing is hopeless anyway. there is always hope yeah there, i mean for me yes in reality maybe not but right uh, they, they were just you know they got out there and they were like oof you know, this is, this is far beyond our means. They, yeah, just decided it was not worth their time or effort to try and rescue this thing. Uh, the train ride back, I think it was Ed Saunders, but I could be wrong. Not that anyone knows who these people are, but it's reminded Francis that Francis was in fact a Marine, uh, sorry, Naval architect, and maybe he could just design his own boat. So Francis had done his Naval, did Naval architecture in Scotland before coming back to Canada. They started sort of tossing ideas around. That was the starting point of the, the idea that turned into St. Lawrence too. So it, it's a train ride boat. Uh, you know. <laughs> Chris, was it, I think one of the things that always appealed to me that I always found so, for lack of a better word, charming about St. Lawrence too and Pathfinder and Playfair, to be honest, yep. is that they're built for smaller hands because your program to correct me if I'm wrong is really geared towards 12 to 16 year olds and ish ish was that always the intent or was that just a yeah. happy byproduct well there's a few things on that uh yeah it was it was meant for the use by the core the sea cadet core and the sea cadet mm -hmm. core would have been like teenagers you know from the beginning of high school until like maybe college university age mm -hmm. age they're not kids, but you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, <laughs> that's, it was, the, that's it. There was, you know, the first few designs uh, were quite a bit more grand than what ended up being built. So the okay. first round, I, I can't remember exactly how large the thing was. Safe to say substantially larger than St. Lawrence too. So Francis is working with this, this group of people through the Sea Cadet Corps. And also his father, uh, Grant, who was a business person. I want to say lumber baron. He wasn't. He owned a lumber store. But like, maybe <laughs> sure. just call him a lumber baron. I don't we know. We can do whatever we anyway, want. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. He was a lumber baron. And, uh, but he was also the one who was sort of behind the fundraising effort to get the boat built. Looking at the size of the boat and trying to figure out how they're going to, you know, pay to build it. So Francis, he kept checking himself with a, a thing he'd picked up in his naval architecture school in, in Scotland, which I think is a rather Scottish approach to things, uh, which is that the right ship for the job is the smallest ship that will do the job because it's the cheapest to build, it's the cheapest to crew, it's the cheapest to maintain. That, that is actually the, like, the number one reason <laughs> that it is the size it is, is yeah. because it was the, the smallest they thought they could build a boat that would meet the specs that they needed to meet to 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 have a successful sail training vessel so okay. it wasn't it wasn't downsized to so that it could be used by young people that was certainly like that would be part of the design consideration because yeah. especially like 13 14 you could you know you're you're smaller but uh that was sort of the the main driver it was just there's no point in building a bigger boat it's just going to cost more and we don't need it so that was yeah. All right. <laughs> it's so practical. I appreciate that. Uh -uh. Like, <laughs> tell me, tell me a little about the program that you guys have on board. You are 
one of the rather few programs that takes on such young trainees. Mm. And I think, think, I think one of the selling points is that they're the only adult, I'm using finger quotes, no one can see it, the only adult yeah, yeah. on board is, is the captain in your, your program and is, is one of the few that actually allows for that responsibility for such yeah. young trainees. Can you talk a little mm -hmm. bit more about that? It's peer-led youth sail training, which is, was a lot more popular but I think has been regulated more or less out of existence in, in a lot of places. So, and we've had to make some, you know, some modifications. Right. Um, fortunately, we've been able to maintain a lot of the, like a lot of the core sort of elements of mm -hmm. the original concept have, have been able to be maintained. Part of that, again, is probably due to the fact that the boat's, you know, well under 24 meters and right. the manning requirements are, they're just easier to meet, you know, right. it takes right. a lot of effort to develop people, but you can operate the boat with a peer led program because we legally need four deck hands on board if we're right. outside of shelter water. So anytime we're offshore four deck hands, those deck hands can be minimum of 16. So 16 and older, and you can be mm -hmm. a deck hand on the boat, which means that the deckhands can be the youth crew who are delivering the program. And then we have a you know, master who is older mm -hmm. and a mate who is older. And mm -hmm. that's the one big change is that it used to be like you were saying, like there was a, the captain who was an adult. Mm -hmm. We could even probably air quote that because <laughs> a lot of them, you know, like I was an older one when I started the first time and I was 25. Oh my God. Um, you don't want you to know, know the decisions so, I was making when I was 25 and to imagine. Uh, <laughs> I can't yeah. Thank you. For Let's, we'll just leave that. <laughs> we're one. just going <laughs> to let that simmer. It's just going to be a slow yeah, simmer and we'll move I on. I mean, anyway. <laughs> that's huge, though. Uh, that's to be 25 yeah. and have your captain's license and actually be in charge of a vessel is oh, super impressive. Now, I did not have a license. Oh. <laughs> you might have so, to edit this part out. <laughs> no, not at all. No, so licenses weren't required on Canadian sail training vessels until 2007. Really? Yeah. You did not need a license of any sort to be a captain on a Canadian sail training vessel until huh. 2007. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So there, I don't know the polite way to say it is like there's been a lot of uh, changes um, yeah. in vessel operations between then and now. Yes. The vast, vast majority of which have been positive. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, my first year, like I, okay, no, I did have a, I did have a license, but it was a mate's license for uh, the Kayama mess oh, around yeah. in Toronto Harbor. Like, it had, <laughs> <laughs> it did not in any way give me any authority to like be doing the things I was doing. I was on Pathfinder at the time. And when that change happened, it was, it, it was a big shock to the system mm -hmm. because nobody had ever dealt with, you know, Transport Canada or right. a regulatory regime before. It was, right. yeah, it was a big, a big shock, but. Uh, but um, Chris, yeah. you came up through the St. Lawrence program. Let's get into let's get into I, yeah. little let's okay. get into, let's get into Chris. Uh -oh. Let's let's dig in. Let's let's find uh, out what Google was unable to tell me. So yeah. <laughs> it's all redacted. <laughs> Are you from <laughs> Kingston? Are you from Ontario? Yep. Okay. I okay. Am, yeah. I'm all from, right. Uh, 
I'm from Railton, Railton, Ontario, Canada. Okay, shout out uh, to Railton, Ontario. Shout out. Okay. The, yeah, <laughs> the only shout out it will ever get for Railton. <laughs> it's like 15 minutes north of Lake Ontario, so it's rural. So. Did you grow up sailing? Was uh, were your parent? Was your family no. sailing? Like no. no. So no. how did no. you how did you, how did you stumble down to the lakefront? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, my dad had a sunfish. He loved windsurfing and stuff. I always tried to do it and failed miserably because you know it was like especially the old ones were so heavy and I was oh. weak and like ten. Thousand pounds, and they expect you to have fun while doing it. It's ridiculous. That's it. Come it's, on now. It's, so, it's like a lot of effort just to yeah get yeah. doused in water. But anyway, I mean, I did spend a lot of time on the water when I was younger. And my grandpa, uh, like he worked on the Lakers when he was young, and then he got into um, building various wooden powerboat contraptions. Seemed like generally his goal was just to like find a really unique way to kill himself. But uh, <laughs> like, man, oh man, he built some, he built some nonsense. Uh, <laughs> like all two plans, but like, it was just like, you know, sort of hot roddy type stuff. Okay. But, um, all right. <laughs> yeah. So we always had boats and stuff growing up. We just, none of them were sailboats. Like okay. nobody other than my dad had any interest in sailing. Yeah, so I mean, I always like being around the water. I spent a lot of time on the water, but never had any interaction with um, traditional sail or, you know, other than I did when I was four, I went to uh, Tall Ships 84 in Kingston, which I think was like sponsored by Molson. I have have the book somewhere. Yeah, it was awesome. It inspired me, maybe. I don't know. I was four. Yeah. You're like, I just I don't remember know. shapes and colors. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I just know I went. Um, Sponsored by Molson. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We had to row everywhere because the engines we had were from the 50s. And so they just would always break. Like, and nobody was buying a new one. It was your job to sort of fix it yourself. And I'm not like mechanically inclined. So we did not do a good job of fixing anything. Like, it hit things. That was like, sometimes that worked. Yeah, fast forward a long time. So my parents are both uh, social workers. My mom worked for an organization in Kingston that was doing work with with St. Lawrence too at the time um, and sending youth involved in that organization Mm -hmm. on the ship. I was, was like 14 or 15. My summer plans were basically to just skateboard all day, every day, (laughs) uh, to certainly not get a job. That would have gotten in the way of, you know. Yeah, it sounds awful. Yeah. It would have, yeah. So she was like, no, you have to do something more constructive than just sitting around and skateboarding or like, you know, whatever else you do. So now it's an Olympic sport. So who's kicking themselves now? (laughs) I'm not, I'm not good enough for the Olympics. They would never, uh, yeah, I I don't have any. uh, So yeah, she signed me up. And she's like, you're going on this thing. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm going on this thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was opposed to it. I don't think I went in with a particularly open mind. I was just like, this is going to be awful. I don't mm-hmm. want any part of this. Mm-hmm. So I, I probably showed up with a pretty rough attitude. I still remember. And like this, I guess, says something. But, you know, showing up at the Olympic Harbor and the ships there. And there's this just 
raggedy weird dude in like bright red converse there uh trevor schmalmus who was the captain at the time and i was like oh my god who is this guy this guy's in charge <laughs> like oh, oh boy so yeah so we got on the boat there's a bunch of people i knew um from school who were on the same sail because you know back then it was way more kingston centric than it is now so most of the people who went on the ship were from Kingston, almost exclusively. It was like local kids. So, so we went out on the boat and had an absolute time. Yeah. I was so seasick. Like oh. it was, it was, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had, a, we had an awesome time, just a, a fantastic time. Chris, how you long know. were you on board for? How long it was, was just the a trip? week. It was just a week. Did you just stay in Lake yeah. Ontario? Was it just in Lake yep. Ontario? And, yeah. And St. Yeah. Like, that's it. But especially back then, most of what we did was just like circles out of Kingston, which mm-hmm. it is awesome, awesome sail training to just do circles out of Kingston. There's a ton of stuff to do, a ton of places to go. I mean, the only thing you don't get is tides, which is also mm-hmm. sort of nice because you don't have to worry about it. The water just <laughs> right. like is always at the same level and it doesn't right. go anywhere. You know, it doesn't <laughs> move. It just... It's right. just chilling it's, out, which is pretty great. Very, it's very disconcerting as someone who grew up on the ocean. It's very disconcerting. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it but just stays it. there. Doesn't I, go I, anywhere. Just, I'm like, uh, it's like, well, yeah, yeah. I love so, the lakes, but that's weird. It's yeah, weird. But it's, it's weird. It's uh, <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to get into my. Uh, <laughs> strong feelings about like tides but uh, that's okay <laughs> that's, not the, that's not the point of the podcast thank god several hour conversation <laughs> how do i feel about tides like, totally unnecessary do away morally. with them <laughs> yeah no i like tides like, I nothing okay that's all right this is this is a yeah, pod- so yeah this is a this is a tide safe a, podcast it, so. it's a that's right. Yeah. Uh, also the lake safe where everybody's fine. This is, it's open and inclusive. Um, but yeah. So yeah, sailing to Kingston, had a time, got back. I mean, a couple months went by and we do this thing called Thanksgiving reunion sale. So Canadian Thanksgiving. We actually don't do it on Canadian Thanksgiving anymore. Cause it used to be, we used to do it on Canadian Thanksgiving and all the parents would send their kids on the boat for the Thanksgiving weekend. That was fine. Now, Parents seem to want their kids around for Thanksgiving dinner more. I don't know. Oh, like it used yeah. to, <laughs> used to be weird. like, just, yeah, yeah, you go like? on this boat for the weekend, have fun. <laughs> but all of the kids who want to join the full time program come back, and we all do one sale together. You apply to get on the sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and back then, there used to be a lot of applicants. I think probably more applicants than there were spaces. So mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to to get on, and we sailed to uh, on. I don't know if you know it, Shimo, New York. No, I don't. Crescent Yacht Club. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. <laughs> um, yeah, Crescent is a, it's, and I just shout out Crescent Yacht Club quickly. Uh, what a, <laughs> what a fantastic club. No, it's a great, it? it's a great yacht club. Yeah. It's really cool. It, I mean, I could have my facts wrong here. I'm sure I do, but um, All right. I think, you know, <laughs> back in the day, which mm-hmm. I don't know, it was like 1880 to like 1920, anywhere in that is back in the day. Right. Um, and it was, it was one of the like, I think one of the more prestigious clubs on the, on the American side. So it's got that, um, that flair, you know, where okay. it's a um, classy sort of club, but you know, Shimo's not a big place. Mm-hmm. I think it sort of just, it stayed like that. Like it didn't, nothing sure. really got updated the way a lot of the other clubs did. So it's just, a, it's a really nice space. 
it's a cool little bay anyway so that's where we go for thanksgiving we don't go there anymore because we hit the bottom oh. um but uh <laughs> and oh, yeah, ties, you so... <laughs> we go abroad we're just I... there it's awful um it was awesome i loved it you know went back joined the the program full-time and then spent the like rest of my teenage years doing maintenance and stuff and the mm -hmm. training on the boat in the winter and then sailing in the summer. Yeah. I loved it. It was a great, yeah. great way to spend those years. Absolutely. Have you only sailed in, have you only sailed in the Great Lakes or have you sailed outside, no. outside of the Great Lakes too? Yeah. Not I much. I've never associated like, I, you with St. Lawrence. So I'm just wondering. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sailed, fair, or, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Pathfinder, um, Playfair, and then Europa. Oh, cool. Um, Did you do the Arctic? Antarctic? No, I always get the, I always <laughs> get the bum end of everything. No, no, my, my like most of my Europa experience it was in Fall River, Massachusetts. So we just like leave that. <laughs> we just drop that right there. In the, based in the Netherlands, famous, famous for sailing yes. down to Antarctica every year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Fall River. Yeah, but I've been to Fall River. I like Fall River. Great Portuguese food, but it's only like half an hour away from me to set point. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So. I mean, the, the good part <laughs> about being there was that, yeah, we had a car and we could go to Providence and Newport and, yeah, and all the other yeah, places. Very so, fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I spent, I did spend a fall in the Chesapeake on a skipjack. Did you sail? Yeah, a lot of times. Did time, you sail in Europe at all? No, no, I built. So I was, uh, one of the riggers on phrase ombres so i i really? built a lot of the rig and then i just sort of pieced yeah that's <laughs> interesting i was like i did a bad job i'm leaving no that's... <laughs> he's just kidding <laughs> audience yeah be, be very careful no i did a great job i mean obviously i did a great job it's still sailing and it doesn't yeah. have an engine like come on no, it doesn't. We, have, we must have done something right I, rather impressive um actually it's still sailing uh yeah. well i mean it's not that old but yeah they they pop up all oh. the time i think they have like don't they like import coffee or something now yeah they do a bunch of stuff like that yeah, yeah. yeah but i guess that's like so much of my experience on 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 stuff outside of the great lakes has been projects which yeah i i think that's just it's a thing that i kind of like though the fall river winter weather aside um <laughs> Yeah, those projects are just kind of fun. Yeah. I like that, you know, the sort of hard technical slash traditional stuff. And yeah, that's, uh, but yeah, most of my sailing has been, I mean, and so much of it has been on, on Brigantines. Well, especially because I started with St. Lawrence 2 in 2012. So I've been here for a decade now. Oh my God. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, and I went from, uh, so before I was captain of St. Lawrence 2, I was captain of Empire Sandy. So it was like, Canada's largest yes. uh, tall ship to yes. Canada's smallest tall ship. Yes. <laughs> it was a, yeah. It was a pretty funny transition. It was a good I'm time. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're stopping like three like Empire Sandy boat lengths away, <laughs> yeah. but meanwhile, you're still yeah, like a mile it. out. <laughs> All right, kids, get ashore. Yeah. <laughs> Empire Sandy for the record is about 200 feet. Yeah. And St. Lawrence for the record is about what, 63 feet? Empire Sandy is like sparred 210 and St. Lawrence 2 is 72, but also 72. like, <laughs> yeah, just it's a little different. The tonnage different. Yeah, it's a very different uh, 
So be, because you've been with St. Lawrence so long, I find it really interesting that you've been there for really such an evolution of it. And I think one of the most interesting things that I, or I heard that you guys do, and I think this, I don't, tell me if this started in 2010, but you do a lot of work with the First Nation, First Nation people, or yeah, 2019 um, is what I meant to say. Uh, one of the things that um, been part of the program since 2017 is we work with a it's a charitable, charitable organization called the ILIC Fund, which is based in Ottawa. Uh, and their mandate is to provide outdoor recreation and personal growth experiences to Inuit youth uh, from Nunavut who are you know, either struggling to find their way or mm-hmm. could, could use a bit of a push in a positive direction to try and develop you know, their, their um, self-image and confidence mm-hmm. and to, mm-hmm. to prove that you know, they can you know, take on challenges and, and, and accomplish them. It's been a really, really positive and rewarding program to be part of. So yeah, it was 2017, 18, 19, we ran it. Uh, and then we're going to run it again this year. Oh, you are? Um, yeah. Fantastic. So, because last year, it just, it, it wouldn't work out. There were a lot of parents right. who were very nervous to, and this is going to sound kind of funny maybe, but there were a lot of parents who were nervous to send their kids south to Ontario, um, yeah. you know, because yeah. Ontario being the deep south of Canada. um but yeah so well because I mean COVID you know the beginning of last summer it was still a very different thing Mm -hmm. and and it wasn't I think as prevalent in Nunavut as it was in Ontario so it was like oh not sending my kid there like it's just lousy with COVID well I just remember (laughs) they were they were so cute and I remember them in 2019 Mm -hmm. specifically I think it was Alex who was the captain in Bay City and we had a high yeah. of like 105 degrees and they yeah. were just wilting all, oh. I mean, we all were, but like these yeah. poor kids were like a heat wave is 50 degrees yeah. and here it yeah. was like 105. Like it was so oh. miserable. There, there were we had bugs it, uh, and every, and like, yeah. I just remember there were a lot of bugs. It was really hot and everything moved really fast. And I just, I yeah. felt so badly for them. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. It's part of the experience, you know, like, and it is like, it is the climate is obviously very, very different, but it is, it's also, it's funny just hearing their reactions to the heat. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's juxtaposition what we'd be like up there, right? Right. I mean, the kind of cold that they deal with, I I would literally just stop. I don't think my (laughs) body would be able to move, just turn into a statue. And that would be that, you know, like it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, it was, it's always funny, just like, because it was the same, like, Buffalo was crazy hot uh, yeah, that year, and basically, every year and, is so hot, I don't, uh, every year, it's always, there's always some <laughs> heat wave, you know, yeah. or, it's always like, if we're in a parking lot, it's always just, it's so hot, and like, it's every year, there's always a heat wave, every year, it's so hot, Yeah, and uh, yeah. I don't know why we don't do it in the fall, but no one has yeah. <laughs> been going on longer no, than yeah, I nobody <laughs> would, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, we yeah we started that in 2017. It was the first course we ran was like Quebec City to Halifax, I think, with two oh. kids. Went really well, and yeah, it it's been a it's it's there's a learning curve for you know for myself and for the other captains and the mates and the crew. A lot of these kids they come from like just a very different place, and right their culture is very different than than what we were used to here. And like I found it personally very very rewarding mm-hmm. to be involved in and like, I've just met some some really really fantastic kids our purpose is to deliver positive outcomes for for youth and for the community more broadly 
And, you know, this is one of the, one of the times where there's like, you know, really significant measurable positive outcomes for these youth um, through their involvement, as well as, you know, maybe not as measurable, but quite um, observable positive outcomes for the rest of the kids involved on the boat to like, you know, meet another Canadian, right? Like we're all Mm -hmm. part Mm -hmm. of the same country who just is from a part of the country that is very, very different and has Mm -hmm. grown up, you know, with a lot of, a lot of stuff being very different, but, but also, you know, all these similarities and all these things that, that we all have in common. And yeah, anyway, it, fantastic program. Can't say enough good stuff about it. And um, yeah, very happy to, to continue working with uh, the ILEC fund. But it's interesting though, because you say, you know, your mission is, is positive outcomes, which I, you know, I'm paraphrasing heavily. Can we talk about that and your program and how you see the the kids who come on board and then the kids who leave? Because you were that kid. So it must be really, especially heart, heartwarming really for you to see that same evolution happen. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. They are always very earnest. They really are. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing them do tours when I was, you know, 13, 14, I could barely string two like sentences together, but to see them speaking about their ship, being really proud of their ship and being part of that team, that must be really something incredibly rewarding to be a part of. No, it definitely is. You know, I don't think, I, I would not be involved in the marine industry at all anymore if I wasn't involved in this program. Like that's, it's it's the outcomes and what this this program can do for the people involved. That's, you know, what keeps me interested. Yeah, so, you know, we get we get kids from all sorts of different backgrounds. It doesn't matter so much where you've come from. There'll be little, you know, little challenges or maybe the very personalized, you know, challenges that you're trying, you know, take on and overcome. You know, mm-hmm. some kids going up in the rig and like doing all that stuff comes real easy. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, walking, getting like halfway up, you know, you're like 10 feet off the water. That's a big deal. That you is. Know, that's not yeah. and and also finding you know working with other people to find your place within like sort of crew system right mm-hmm. because there's not there's not um a real hard delineation between like crew and trainees everybody is responsible for you know the the sort of day-to-day operation obviously the the um officers of the watch are are navigating and and all that sort of stuff but um everybody is trying to accomplish this one task which is taking the boat from wherever we started mm-hmm. and then you know taking it to wherever we're trying to get to you'll get some kids who are um you know maybe like stronger and good at the sort of sailing aspects of the things but they can't cook or clean very well and you'll have someone who is you know better at that stuff who will like help them through that you know, because like mm-hmm. you're not getting out of it. There's no getting out of how to do the hard work. But right. at 16, there are kids who have been cleaning their entire lives, mm-hmm. right? And there's mm-hmm. kids who have never had to clean anything. And having somebody right. show you how to clean something properly is right. like hugely advantageous, right? right. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's the difference between having to like clean ahead four times and it taking an hour and a half or cleaning it once, taking 20 minutes and doing a better job. <laughs> you know, and like seasickness, right? Like the great equalizer, you know, oh, you can be absolutely. like the hot shot, but if you get seasick, <laughs> somebody is going to have to take on that slack, right? And and yeah. 
it's, it's, it's just a really good, a really, really good platform for, you know, delivering personal development programming because, you know, you have this microcosm, you're stuck on this boat, can't really go anywhere. You need to come up with strategies for dealing with the stress. You need to find ways to, to talk and to work with people who you, you know, maybe don't always like, and maybe you don't always agree with. You still have to find ways to, to communicate with them efficiently and accomplish the, the stuff that has to get accomplished. You know, there's no opting out. Um, and it's like neutrally or equally foreign to everybody. Exactly. You know, even if, yeah. even if you sailed before, it's, it's a very different thing, you know? And Absolutely. like, again, you know, some of the kids that have the sailing fundamentals can help other, the other kids understand some of that. But yeah, it's, it's a good neutral platform. You know, the program, like we don't do a ton of um, ancillary programming. Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a booklet that the junior officers have that they can run through a variety of, you know, not games. I don't know what the, the word I'm searching for uh, is lost on me, but like activities and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like there's a, there's some like some shanties and, and that sort of thing. Um, it's reflective self-reflection, but yeah, like it's all very sort of self-led. We don't take time out of the day. It's not like, like a, like a school day type calendar, right? right? It's not like, oh, between this time we do this. And then this time right. we do this, whenever, whenever it fits, whenever it makes sense, you know, you can pull out your book and, and go through some stuff with, mm-hmm. with the trainees and your watch and just keep them engaged. But, uh, pretty much we just go sailing. Like <laughs> it's really like, <laughs> You know, know, simple works. That's okay. Simple yeah. works. So you said that you started out just sailing, you, you, the world, you started out sailing around Lake Ontario, but you guys go much further than that now. And I have to say, I am impressed that you, that you take the kids through the Welling Canal because that has broken <laughs> the strongest of sailors. And it's always, it's always a nightmare. I know I mentioned yeah. it quite often on this podcast and Jamie Trost calls it the gates of Mordor for any (laughs) nerds out there. Um, (laughs) But you guys are going really far this summer, actually further than this summer. uh, Yeah. I don't, I don't think we've ever, I don't, I don't have any records of the boat ever being in superior before. That's potentially a, a new thing. Definitely. You know, if they were up there, probably not be on Whitefish Bay. Yeah. So this is going to be a bit of a different challenge. The ship used to, it was sort of like once every five years, we'd go to New York City, or maybe once every oh. decade. It was uh, a thing that seemed to happen fairly regularly. I don't know how many times we went out and around. That was a limited number of times. It seemed to be the route of choice was up and down the uh, Barge Canal and, and the Hudson. But um, Really? Yeah, yeah. Really? That's yeah. Oh, oh my God! Wow, I almost knocked my mic over. Um, wow. <laughs> but you're like you used to go through the Erie Canal. Yeah, we went through 2017. Was the last time we were through there. Did you? Yeah, it was it was super fun. I'm not gonna lie, we had an absolute time. <laughs> I, okay, I'd never been through there before, and I, I was well, like, I I didn't even I, know. I mean, yeah. I knew you guys could kind of fit, but there's like there's a lot yeah. going on in the Erie Canal for those oh, yeah. who are wondering. It pops out in where is it Lake oh. uh, Lake Erie, Erie obviously, and then it it the other yeah. end is New York. Let's say I'm generalizing, but yeah, it's up. just above. It's narrow, yeah, it's just teeny. above Albany. Yeah, yeah, it's shallow. Yeah, uh, there's br- there's like really yeah. low bridges. It's bonkers. It is bonkers. Yeah. So we, <laughs> that was tw- yeah, 2014. 
we did Charlottetown, PEI, and Quebec City. Oh, yeah. So we out, yeah, yeah. Out, yeah, we were at East for a while in 2014. And we went back up the river in late September. And it mm -hmm. was awful. Mm -hmm. um, like St. Lawrence 2 under power is not great. You mm -hmm. know, like when you're going against a, a, a you know, the, the, um, the current and the tide in the river, it's, yeah. she'll go backwards flat out, right? Like, it's just <laughs> not, it says, it says it right on the, right on the, uh, the original, like, um, registration thing. It's auxiliary diesel very clearly. And like, yeah, she's pretty auxiliary. Um, it's getting better, but, uh, used to have a belt drive. Who, who does that? Um, 2017, we're going to be in the Maritimes for the summer no way are we going back up the St. Lawrence River. We'll go down to New York. We'll go back up the um, up the ditch. It'll be a way better way to do it. And uh, 100%, 100% on St. Lawrence too, that wow. is the way to do it. Yeah, so we, we ended New York City at this place. It was called the Brooklyn Barge, uh -huh. um, which was a bar slash education space. A bar? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was a bar in the East <laughs> River. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a time. Someone tried to sell the kids some car stereos. Uh, it was awesome. We had a time, oh but uh, yeah, we we took the we took the we took the rig down in Kingston in Kingston, New York. Um, that also confused a lot of people because it says Kingston on the back, and they were like, "What boat are you?" I was like, "No other." Well, the, the real the one, other, the other real Kingston, one? Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, put the masts on a um, on a like a flatbed tractor trailer, like the lower masts. Yeah, and had the mass shipped up to Oswego with most of the spars on the boat still, but the big stuff, well, <laughs> big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, we put the lower mass in the course yard on on a like a transport truck and and shipped it up to to meet us, and so we had basically the deck just open with space. Yeah, so it was yeah it was a fun trip. That the Erie Barge Canal infinitely more interesting and enjoyable than I thought it would have been. Although like it's it is also a little bit sketchy like. We had some volunteers and we were just, you know, motoring along with the control and depth supposed to be 13 feet or something. Mm -hmm. Getting up to Lake Oneida, right in the middle of the channel and the boat just sort of goes, Boop, and we yep. just like stopped dead. <laughs> yeah. And so we just had to like back off and find a spot. So there was like, I'm guessing about six feet of water in that one place. Like I, it was. That doesn't surprise me at all. I'm actually yeah, really surprised yeah. there's 13 feet in the, in the Erie Canal. It's There's, I mean, yeah, there's not. Uh, I don't know if they've <laughs> updated that. I called them several times, you know, to, to, to make sure that they're there, that it was accurate. Every time they were like, oh yeah, like the least you'll see is 11. No worries. Mm. It's about six. You know, there was a spot that was deep enough that we got around. So anyway. Oh my god. Yeah. What is yeah. that is so funny. I'll have to look at did you post anything about it on social media? I'll have to go and oh look. for sure. There's okay, gotta be I'll some find it. Depth but, depths are depths are the problem though. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't oh, know. We're absolutely. we're looking at doing it again in 2025 and to have some concerns, you know, because the last thing we want is to get like trapped halfway through. <laughs> literally canal. in the middle of new york <laughs> yeah okay we're turning around and going back uh, to new york with uh, no masks to motor up the eastern seaboard and... <laughs> oh that's yeah, bonkers yeah. i'll link to the erie canal yeah. it's, it's 200th anniversary is in 2025 and we are planning to be back in the great lakes for 25 oh, in celebration well, of it so we'll that... meet you at the end of 2025 in oswego everyone goes by we'll pop out it'll be a, it'll be a time <laughs> 
you know? <laughs> it's going to work. No mask or anything. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I We re rigged in a day and a half. Like, it's, you Did know, Sailor Mars 2, if you know what you're up to, like, it's pretty small, right? So, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like Niagara yeah. that takes like five or no, like five weeks exactly. or something. But. Yeah, you need like <laughs> just... four people in a day and you're pretty sad. But. Oh my gosh, Chris, this has been an absolute delight. Thank you so, yeah, thanks, so much. I think I've I've, yep. I've tied you up for over an hour. So I want to make sure. Oh my God, really? Uh, I know. Yeah, so I want to make sure I get you back back to your real job and not all this. Uh, yeah, yeah yucking it up on a on a podcast but is there anything you want to plug anything you want to say anything we miss oh man i don't know we're <laughs> uh very fortunately like we're already pretty much fully booked for the summer which is a big plus that's awesome um yeah next year so 2023 and 2024 we're going to be in the maritimes again okay which will be exciting so we're doing maritime quebec in 2023 so we do a lot of cultural and language immersion programming yeah um and then 2024 we're going to go uh up the west coast of newfoundland and the east coast of labrador to nuniatsubut hoping to get to a town called um, rigolette which is the southernmost inuit community in canada so that's our that's our goal over the next few years and then 2025 wow. probably spend in the maritimes and then okay. the end of 2025 <laughs> back up the barge canal so the plan is that there won't be fees for that programming um mm -hmm. it'll be open application any you know anyone who's interested in like getting on the vote and taking part in any mm -hmm. of the legs they probably won't be posted till like next fall yeah we'll be just taking open open applications so awesome yeah. what an incredible opportunity that is that's awesome i'm so glad you guys are you really sound like you're uh getting out there shaking it up trying like, to, yeah i think it's amazing it keeps it interesting i love it i'm looking forward to seeing you guys this summer i'm so glad that you're participating yeah. in yeah almost uh, all the ports all of them all, all the of ports them. yeah we're there uh, i think you might be the you might you, Santa, you and you i know you and trinidad i think are the only two i think you and trinidad right. are the only two so but we'll take it that's okay we'll take it <laughs> i'll have to double check yeah. that i'll have to I, but i do think it's you and trinidad that are doing are doing there we the go. most the most hey now i love it yeah <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah i know i, I love yeah. it no thanks so much for chatting like I, yeah i don't think we've ever had a you know Maybe like next time I'll have a podcast and you can come on and yeah, I can, yeah. you know, yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, the St. Lawrence yeah. 2 podcast, it'll be, <laughs> you know, I don't know. And then, we'll listen. I, <laughs> Probably nobody. So like that, you could just say whatever uh, yeah, you wanted. It wouldn't honestly, matter. I don't think, I think it's just my mom that listens to this podcast. And even then it's, <laughs> even then it's, even then she's pretty hit or miss. <laughs> whatever so it's, it's fun it's okay so, we're we having go. a lot of fun i get to know i get to I know learn about people so it's yeah. it's all good oh my gosh you're such a delight thank you so so much yeah all right thanks erin a bark a brig and a schooner walk into a bar is a tall ships america production the music provided by kebab studios you can find us in all the usual places twitter instagram facebook at tall ships america and on our website at tallshipsamerica.org. Send us your sea stories or drop us a line at manager at tallshipsamerica.org. As always, be sure to support your local tall ship. Tall ship.